Can you imagine sitting in the pub chatting with your mates only to be interrupted by ads? Well, unfortunately, that does happen here at the Homebrew Pub because we're just trying to keep the lights on. However, if you would like to support us directly and get access to ad-free episodes of the Homebrew Pub, please head on over to our Patreon. You can find a link to that on our website, thehomebrewpub.com, and join our mug club. Again, our website, thehomebrewpub.com. I'll see you in the pub after the next couple of ads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Homebrew Pub, the only pub in existence where every beer on tap is made by a homebrewer. And on this ethereal plane, the Homebrew Pub will turn into the guest brewer's perfect brew pub. So please come in, grab a stool, and grab a pint. This week in the Homebrew Pub, I am actually welcoming Greg from Craft Beer Republic. Hi Greg! Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I found you on Twitter, and I thought, ooh, uh, a podcast that I can nerd out with. And, <laughs> and you, you scratched that nerdy itch for me. I appreciate, like, you know, as, as we were talking before the recording, like, just nerding about beer is, like, the, the funnest thing. And it takes a certain type of nerd to begin a homebrewing podcast. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, even as myself, a beer nerd, I was not gutsy enough to start a homebrew podcast, <laughs> so I, uh, I give you major props for that, and and to make it entertaining and and not, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, douchey or anything like that. A lot of times it's, hey, look at me, I harvest my own yeast. You make it very approachable, so good job. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, I think it's partly is because I I I have a complete utter lack of skill to do that fancy stuff that I'm like, I would rather just talk to people who can tell me how to do that fancy stuff. So, Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so, Craft Beer Republic, uh, why don't you tell people about your podcast? Yeah, so we don't do too much homebrewing. I will slip it in every now and then when I, when I make a new beer, I will force my co-host to listen to me talk about it for, you know, five to seven minutes or so. Um, well, generally we are talking about anything from craft beer news. Uh, we love drunk stories because we're the craft beer Republic. We figured we should cover all the crazy alcohol laws that are around <laughs> the, the country and the world. So we have a segment called ludicrous libation laws. Uh, we do beer reviews, um, always craft except one exception recently because we like the can we had to. We had to make an exception. It wasn't quite craft. It was New Belgium. But anyways, um, we, you yeah. know, we have we have a good time. It's it's kind of like hanging out with your nerdy beer friends at the pub or the brewery and joking and uh, just talking beer nerd stuff. It, it it's a really fun time. And you know, Thank to you. the point of New Belgium. Yes, we were all very sad in Colorado when they um, sold the majority to I forget the name of the the um, conglomerate now. Karen. Yeah, it's Lion, right? That owns Kieran or yes. something like that. Yeah. 
Sorry, this is the stuff we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, we, we New Belgium, so two breweries, two Colorado breweries, I should say, were really my gateway drug into craft beer, and it was them with Fat Tire. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was just visiting here, I would put six packs in my suitcase and, like, fly them back to England. Yeah, I mean, that was rare stuff for a long time. Oh, yeah. And then um, Breckenridge Avalanche. And both of those breweries have sold. And it makes me a little sad because you you always want to support the Indies and the Independents. Yeah, and and it's hard because New Belgium... Well, Breckenridge, I think, sold out to Budweiser. They sold out to Budweiser. I will say that Budweiser has pretty much left them alone on the recipes, though. And they've got a wonderful big farmhouse restaurant which they built before um selling down in littleton where the brewery is now and it's pretty wonderful yeah i I don't think budweiser knows how to get to the breweries they left it alone for a while (laughs) Uh, new belgium they kind of ride that line of like well at least it's not budweiser i guess it's sort of yeah i mean it's still big beer it's it's unfortunate one of the first um big things we did where we had like people get involved with the show early on was uh, a, a drink up is what we called it where it was let's all get the same beer and everyone submit your review whether it's you know email or audio whatever mm-hmm. we had one episode where everyone reviewed fat tire and this is before they sold out yeah and it was so much fun to get because it's something everybody knows everybody can find and it was so much fun i think we had something like 30 people write in oh or, wow or leave uh voicemails with their review and their description of fat tire, it was just really fun, and, and that's one of those things. As soon as they sold out, I was like, "Oh man, that that fat tire episode that was so good." And, well, and because they were employee owned as well, like that yeah. was their big shtick. Was like, well, I say shtick, but like the employees owned that brewery, and so it was like a really cool thing. And when you went to do the tour in Fort Collins, which I'm sure is still really fun, and they have a slide that you can go down. But <laughs> I heard the tour is still good. the the tour is The tour is great, but like you could tell that pride in all of the yeah. employees. Like I own a stake of this. This is my mm-hmm. jam, and that to me, like I'm not one of those people who, depending on the brewery, um, if they sell out, I'm never going to drink them again. Um, but that was one that really hurt when they sold. Yeah, yeah, that was the hard one. It's it's kind of the equivalent, like out here in California, if like Stone or Sierra Nevada were to sell, it'd just be yeah. like, oof, man, those guys got me into craft. I remember, you know, like Stone IPA and Kelly Belgique and mm-hmm. Sierra Nevada Pale. Like those are my my gateways, along with some Mammoth Brewing. So yeah. if one of those sold out, man, I'd be I'd be so sad. So I can imagine to be <laughs> living in Colorado and, and having that gateway be fat tire, then then there goes New Belgium. Yeah, because I mean the. I, I don't want to say they're solely responsible for the craft beer movement here, but they are one of the main reasons, the founding fathers, if you will, of craft beer in Colorado. Yeah. So I mean, in the country, too. They were one of the first ones to really distribute far and wide. They got that fat tire out there, you know, before any other craft brewery was getting yeah. their stuff that far. I mean, we could get it out here easier than Stone IPA and a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's that's how good they were at distributing before when they were still independent. Yeah. Sad times. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna toast to that memory. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the old days, New Belgium. <laughs> Pour one out for the homies. So, um, you are out of all your hosts, you are the only one who homebrews. Um, yes. <laughs> the only one with enough patience, I guess. So, um, how do you, how did you get into homebrewing? You know, I started 
I don't know, six-ish years ago. I always swore I'd never do it. We were already doing a beer show. Uh, we rebranded. We used to be the Unfiltered Gentleman. But we were already doing a beer show, and I swore I would never do it because there's so many good beers out there. Why would I need to throw my crappy hat in the ring and, <laughs> and, and muddy the, the good waters? Yeah. And one year, I won my fantasy football league, and I think I came out with like 250 bucks. And I said, you know what? That's homebrewing money. Yeah. So what the heck? Let's give it a shot. So I, I found my local homebrew shop, which turns out to be the same homebrew shop that the guys over at Steer Nevada got their start. Home oh, right nice. Now. Yeah, Woodland Hills, California. Um, same place. I don't think it's the same owner, but uh, it, it's cool. They have, like, pictures hanging on the wall. Uh, so I walked in, and I said, hey, I want to get started. You know, what What do you set me up with and this and that? And I remember whatever the total was was, like, $10 more than what I had. And I just <laughs> said, well, I got 250 cash or whatever I won. Uh, any chance we could like take something off? He goes, ah, it's close enough. So, <laughs> I, which probably means you overcharged me on everything. But yeah. uh, you know, it got set up with I think it was a three gallon kettle and um, extract, and you know the the worst way to ever brew a beer. And so went home to my apartment at the time on an electric stove. Oh my god, no! So, oh, it was. The, I mean, it took like you know. <laughs> Somewhere between six and thirty-two hours to get to a boil. There, there, there are two things that every like new homebrewer book tells you is clean and sanitize everything. Mm. Don't use an electric stovetop. It's it's, <laughs> it's all we had. I mean, we're in an apartment, yeah. and uh, so I was like, "Well, let's let's see what." Ha-. And I hadn't read any books. All I did was read the little sheet that came with it. Okay, and which you know, basically was like at sixty, pour in first bag of hops at you know. <laughs> And it ended up being some sort of brown ale, very generic, you know, insert name here, brown ale. The funny thing was, it was from a, a smell during the brewing process standpoint, it was by far the hoppiest beer I've ever brewed. Hmm. The entire, not only just apartment, but apartment building filled with that hop smell. <laughs> and to the point where I was like, man, is one of my neighbors going to like complain that we're, I don't know, smoking weed down here or something? Because <laughs> it just reeked of hop and honestly it wasn't even that hoppy i think the whole beer ended up being like 30 ibus or something it was just <laughs> it was all 60 minute edition so i guess it was all bittering and it just lingered for what felt like forever to the point where like i even took the dog out to go to the bathroom while i was waiting for it to cool down and i'm outside and i can still smell the hops like crap my neighbors are gonna be so pissed yeah, like should i just yeah. light up a joint anyway and enjoy yeah. it like if they're might gonna well complain just... might as well get high <laughs> Yeah, if they're going to think I'm doing it, I might as well actually do it. So, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so that first extract and whatever whatever beer the guy sent me home with, I'm sure that box had been on the shelf for three years at that point. <laughs> I'm sure the hops were anything but fresh. But, uh, you know, it turned out and uh, it didn't taste bad and it had alcohol in it. Nice. So, so then, like, going, going from that, I mean, are you now doing five-gallon batches, 10 gallons, all-grain? Yeah, so that was the five gallon. That was the style where like you brew or you boil like three gallons, then you dump it in the fermenter and add water. To oh it my god! Five. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and you're so like, I did, wait, like... I got to sanitize everything, but I can use the hose. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I can just dump water in. So, um, well, we had crappy water at our apartment. I mean, it was nasty. So I, I was dumping like you know. Costco big ass yeah. things of water in there, so it was fairly sanitized. But uh, did I don't know two or three extract um, brew days, and I was like, it's got to get better than this, right? So uh, after 
yeah, probably three. We happened to move out of our apartment, got a house. And at the same time, somebody told me about a um, thing that they had just picked up and it was on sale and it's called a mash and boil. And it's just an electric kettle hmm. where it's got like the, um, it's kind of like a um, is it brew father or whatever. Uh, grandfather. Grandfather, where it's just, it's a circular kettle and it's got the tube in the middle that holds the grains. And as soon as you're done, you know, mashing, you just pull it out, lift it up and the grains drain through. So it's a pretty basic setup, but, uh, you know, it allows you to do all grain. And for my purposes, it works really good. So once we moved, I started doing that and started designing my own recipes, which it's is a usually total a trip. Yeah. <laughs> First one I designed was a, I'd just been to Society Brewing down in San Diego, and they had a single hop IPA with all cashmere hops. Oh. And I, I fell in love. I'd never had cashmere hops before then. I haven't. And, and, oh, so good. And I and I fell in love. And I've never seen a single hop cashmere since. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something you should mess around with because I made probably the worst beer of my life <laughs> trying to recreate it. It, it. Like, every off flavor on the BJCP <laughs> sheet, like, I think I checked, like, at least half of them. There was, you know, bubble gum. There was uh, caramel apple flavor. There was butter flavor. I don't know. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> so so bad but uh you know you live and you learn so what what's the what's the flavor profile of a of a cashmere hop i'm not sure i'm even heard of that one yeah you know um that's a great question i wish i had a better answer for you the thing i remember loving about it the most is it gives this and i guess hence the name cashmere it gives this really silky smoothness to the 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 hop side of it like you don't it it doesn't give you a harsh bitterness it's a very light bitterness with like a very velvety or cashmere mm. mouthfeel to it and um i just really really enjoyed it and, and to this day when i see beers that have cashmere in them i'm like yeah I got, they're never single hops but i'm always like i, I gotta i yeah. gotta get that and, and try it like last year the uh the pink boots hot blend yeah had a pretty big dose of cashmere in it, and i really enjoyed the the crap out of that one Mm-hmm. I love I love seeing all the collaborations they do for like Pink Boots on on social and everything. It's just amazing. Yeah. Have you had any this year? I haven't. No. So I was I was honored to be invited to three different brew days out here in my area. Oh wow! Uh, huge shout out to A fourteen Cannons, uh, B Naughty Pine Brewing, and C Petals and Pints. Um, the hot blend, I think it's the Idaho Gym, but something in there has a really big bubblegum flavor. And you could smell it. We got to smell the hops first, and then you can taste it in the finished product. And it was so weird because on one of the brew days, somebody had brewed theirs early, and they brought it over. And I was like, ooh, a lot of bubble gum in this. Was this uh, <laughs> was this on purpose? Is this what you're going for? And they're like, you no, just no, it's spit bubble gum in this? Right. They're like, no, 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 it's the hops. I was like, yeah, sure thing, buddy. And uh, <laughs> then, I, then I got to smell the hops. I was like, oh, no, they're right. Like, I'm so used to bubble gum being an off flavor, mm-hmm. but uh, the hops had this really trippy bubblegum tropicalness to it and uh, uh 14 cannons at a west coast and it really shined as a, as a good west coast hop but naughty pine out here it's a new brewery they did a uh, belgian ipa with theirs mm-hmm. and it was so good because you had kind of a little bit of that banana clove from the belgian yeast and then you had like the bubblegum and the tropical from the hops and it really really hit the spot it's yeah. really good that's awesome well now i just want to go try that <laughs> Come on out, man! I'll I'll take you around. All right, let's do it. Um, yeah, I I gotta say we went to San Diego, uh, New Year before the pandemic, and there are some amazing breweries out there, and I'm yes. struggling to think of 
names, but the one thing I loved about that trip is so my wife always drives normally and yeah. in our normal life, but when we go on vacation, I always drive. She doesn't like driving in uh, new locations. Oh, okay. But on that trip, she ended up driving in San Diego a fair amount because of all the breweries we were visiting. I bet. Oh, San one... Diego's an easy town to drive in. It really is. And yeah, like beautiful. I'm from LA, and you know, LA is a total shit show but san diego and we always we have this joke not to get too far off topic we have this joke that like when you look at google maps like la when it's red on google maps that means you're going like at best one mile an hour yeah but when you're in san diego and it's red you're doing like 35 so it's like san diego red is not so bad as la <laughs> red but well, um, and, and it's beautiful as well yeah so yeah. nice and the people there it's just a it's a different vibe they're they're very relaxed they're very very chill mm-hmm. i mean all that beer how could you not i mean how could you not i mean like it's like colorado right I saw, um, so the, we're totally off track, but, um, there's the American music contest, which is basically trying to be Eurovision song contest, (laughs) which hard fail America. And they, (laughs) but there was, um, a a newspaper in the UK did a rundown of all the States, like it would the, with the, um, countries and it got to Colorado and it was something like. Colorado thinks it's California. They think they're laid back by the Californians. <laughs> they pretend to be. And it just like was like constant comparing us to California. It was like, that sounds about right. It's so funny because Colorado, as a Californian, Colorado is one of my favorite states to just go hang out in. Yeah. It's, so I guess, it's a you know, wonderful it makes place sense. to live. But I, I yeah. feel the same way about California as well. I love hanging out in California. Yeah. I've got family in Colorado, so we come out there every couple of years and do the, do the, the beer research while we're out there. Like, if if anybody hasn't been to Jagged Mountain in Denver, oh, phenomenal! Or, oh my God, she is making some amazing beer. I was lucky enough to get her on the show last time I was out there. Brought some microphones, did an interview. Um, beer stat out there in Denver. Oh, five minute pour pills. Oh my God! And, so and people good. don't realize like it's a legit five minute pour. Oh yeah, you you. It's, it's not a gimmick. You you order your next one as they serve you your first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, Renegade, Renegade's a great brewery. Renegade, a fantastic. Yeah, um, and then down in my, I have family down in Colorado Springs. There's some great breweries down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just love doing the whole uh, beer research. When yeah. I'm in Colorado. I was gonna say Bristol Brewing in um, Bristol the Springs, uh, which yeah. is in the old schoolhouse. It's fantastic. Which is, yeah, their beer is good, but their location's even better. Yeah, like, that old schoolhouse is so cool. And the bakery there, and all the sh- basically come to Colorado and do a beer tour. You will yeah. not be disappointed. Yeah, go to San Diego and then go to Colorado. Like, it's the two places that really... Oh, and uh, Asheville, North Carolina. There's some great breweries out there. I've heard that. I've not made it out there yet. It was it was a nice little beer-cation. So, I've got to ask, with the doing the beer research, being the home brewer on your podcast, and, you know, having started it before you got into home brewing, how did that change how you think about beer and talk about beer? Uh, well, first of all, I know how much of making beer is just cleaning now. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate all the cleaning that goes into a beer. People are like, oh, what do you do? You just, you just mix this stuff together, throw some yeast in. Like, yeah, but you spend most of your time cleaning. That's, yep. that's what. Um, you know, I think it just gave me a better understanding, of course, of the process, because then all of a sudden I was a part of the process. But just uh, the labor that goes into it. Um, you know, you can you can study how to make a beer all you want, but until you do it, you don't realize it's it's laborious, it's tedious. There's a lot of stuff you can't mess up. 
um so so much cleaning anybody who tries to like get into it like what what you know what do you recommend i was like just be prepared to clean for most of your brew day like my brew day is drinking and cleaning and a hint of brewing yeah i mean i i do the thing where i and this might be good it might not but this is why i love having stainless steel like after certainly after the fermentation I don't do the scrubbing anymore. I just put PBW in it and I just mm. soak it and I just leave it until my next brew day. Cause oh. that's then I can just rinse it out and throw sanitizer in it and it'll be fine. I don't think I brew frequently enough because I, I sometimes that's a few weeks, sometimes that's a few months. It might get a little <laughs> dicey if it sits in there too long. Yeah, I uh, I brew about once a month. Every one uh, I brew basically a beer and a half every month on average and uh how many taps do you have four okay so you have a little more room for it Mm -hmm. but what what happens is um so we got our yard redone and so now all our neighbors come out and hang out at our house and they just kill my keg so my brewing (laughs) has just gone way up see that's what the the biggest just kidding biggest problem with covid was every time i brewed a beer it was just on me and the wife to finish it so it lasted a whole lot long because I got all these great beers in the fridge too mm-hmm. that I want to drink. So these these kegs last a little too long, and I needed somebody to come over and help me finish these off. I'm glad you because I've noticed. I think homebrewers go through a, a weird phase, and I know I've gone through this phase of I stopped buying beer completely, unless oh. I went to the brewery and I bought a crowler or a growler there. Like I wouldn't be in the liquor store and go, "Oh, I'll pick up that Sierra Nevada ten yeah. uh, twelve pack, or whatever." And it's only really been in the last year that I've started regularly buying um, commercial beer um, just so I've got that variety. I mean, I've got four taps, but, you know, if one kicks or, I mean, at one point I was down to, like, no beers on tap. But (laughs) it's nice to, like, just occasionally, like, yeah, my stuff's good, but I really want a clean lager or I want that. Um, Like, right now I'm doing a clone of the Sierra Nevada uh, Torpedo. Mm. And I'm sure it's going to turn out great, but it's not going to be the same as the Torpedo that I had <laughs> right. and made me just want to go and buy the ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. As soon as COVID hit, we stopped buying beer from the store. Mm-hmm. We only bought it direct from the breweries. Yep. One of the nice things that came out of COVID was beer deliveries. The breweries started delivering out here. Yeah. And so we, in fact, one of them, I don't know if you've heard of Integrin Brewing. They did a collab no. with uh, Bierstadt two years ago. Mm. I think I think just pre-pandemic. Um, but it, the collab was out here. Uh, they're they're a lot like Bierstadt. It's a it's an all lager house. They don't mess around with those ales. And um, they were doing beer and sausage delivery. You know, very German. <laughs> so. <laughs> That they, just sounds heavenly. Yeah, they definitely learned where we lived during the <laughs> pandemic. Get some, get some brats and some, some lager. Well, what was really cool is, um, so I on a different podcast I recorded with a local brewery here called Fiction, and then everything shut down, and so we, um, we just kept buying from them directly yeah and so when they were allowed to reopen we got a special invite going it's our reopening night and our beers are 20 percent off because that was the average tip everyone gave and thank you for being such a good customer i'm like how much beer did i buy from you (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're like, how much will it take to make my money back if it's 20% off? Uh, honey, I, I'm going to be having 33 beers tonight. I might die, but it, it's worth it. Yeah, i got to get my money's worth. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, we uh, we made a, a real conceited effort to, to not buy alcohol from the store throughout the whole pandemic. And, yeah. and hopefully that, that helped at least a little bit because, boy, do we drink a lot. Yeah, I mean, we, we were the same. We, we pretty much would drive around to, like, the different breweries and, you know, get the to-go's and... I mean, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and during lockdown, that was kind of all there was to do, was uh, to drive around and here. <laughs> Somehow I had more money. It was weird. Oh, I had so much more money. <laughs> My drinking went up, but the money was there. It was crazy. Yeah, I had more money and more pounds on the scale. It was, uh, <laughs> it was weird. So what beer are you going to be adding to the tap list? So I most recently brewed, and I just tapped it, so I, I have a substitute, but it's the same style. I just brewed a Czech dark lager. It was my most recent beer, and not only was it a Czech dark lager, it was also my first lager that I've ever homebrewed. Oh, wow. So it was a big deal for me to, to lager and, and temp control. I Up until then, I never temp controlled. We, we got our kegerator, oh, two and a half years ago. Uh, funny story, we got it because we had a bunch of kegs at our wedding. We went to local breweries, picked up kegs for the wedding, and then we had some kegs left over. And I was like, well, guess we need to buy a kegerator now. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, shucks. So uh, <laughs> Costco had one on sale. What do you know? Two-tap kegerator. Beautiful. Um, finally, it was empty, completely empty. And I thought, well, I'll use it to lager. And so I love Czech Dark Lagers slash Schwarzbeers. Google it. There's hardly a difference. <laughs> um, let's not get that nerdy. But uh, I, I think... don't know. I did just put a Schwarzbier out on the uh, on on the podcast, so uh, you might need to get that nerdy. Well, in that case, this is definitely a Czech dark lager, not a Schwarzbier, <laughs> because we would not want to have two competing Schwarzbiers. Um, I, I think the real difference is Schwarzbiers are generally a little toastier, a little roastier, and Czech dark lagers um, kind of back off the roastiness. I. I took a Czech dark lager and I added a little bit of chocolate, a little extra chocolate to it. So, I mean, if, I don't know. Is it like a Baltic porter at that point? I don't know. Ow. I'm going to stick with Czech dark lager. Anyways, <laughs> so my first lager, Czech dark lager, I call it Czech Rendezvous. And it is chocolatey and delicious. And uh, I just tapped out recently. I'm very sad. I might do it again because I enjoyed it so much. So in its place, I'm actually right now drinking a K17, which is a Czech dark lager oh, nice. from uh, one of my favorite spots, 14 Cannons. Very cool. And Greg has very kindly shared the recipe uh, for the beer, so that'll be in the show notes. And so please brew and drink along with us. Yeah, it's really good, if I do say so myself. And so before we were recording, you you were like, all right, I've got a, I've got a two beer choices i've got the one i'm adding and then i've got this collaboration beer so tell me about the collaboration beer that you you were uh, tempted to drink and then i very selfishly went no drink the one that you're adding to the tap list <laughs> for authenticities yeah well don't worry because this one's almost gone so i'll be switching over to the collab soon enough <laughs> um over at 14 cannons a brewery local to me it's westlake village california the head brewer nick borderland has been on the show a couple times uh, we were talking one night, fair or full disclosure, we were drinking together one night, and uh, he goes, man, we should do a collaboration. And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah, we'll, we'll put your name on it and everything. And, and I totally turned into a girl at a sync concert <laughs> and <laughs> freaked out a little bit. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So he goes, think about what you want to make. 
and let's kind of circle back. And so a couple weeks went by and I, I kept thinking of, and we wanted to do coffee, a little backstory. He had a coffee beer on tap that was phenomenal, so good. And uh, it tapped out and he's like, I'm not making it again. No one bought it. And I was like, what's the problem with everybody else? I wasn't buying like my favorite <laughs> beer ever. So he goes, but let's make another coffee beer. So they'd already done a coffee IPA. So I'm thinking like coffee stout, like that's everybody does. Everyone, that. Yeah. And I remember both my wife and I kind of came to it at the same point. There was this coffee Kolsch that we had years and years ago. And it was so good and so surprising. Like you wouldn't think coffee Kolsch. Mm-mm. So I, I just texted him one day. I was like, hey, man, how do you feel about a coffee Kolsch? He goes, did we talk about this already? I said, no. He says, well, I have a recipe for a coffee Kolsch I've been working on. I think that is the collab. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so uh, we talked about it. We planned it. And um, on the day of the brew, so cool. I mean, Kolsch recipe, very, very generic. They don't really change too no. much. Um, very cool thing, though, is he got the yeast basically imported from germany so it's like a legit cold oh wow um you know i'm sorry not cheap plug here batch 295 of crafty republic we we had the the beer we did a live show from the brewery for the release he's on the show with us he's talking about the beer he, he covers all the nerdy stuff so you don't have to hear me stumble over it but um so he had a legit Kolsch yeast and then the day of we had uh his friend will who owns a coffee shop california coffee republic they do their own roasting so he brought over a few examples of coffee that he thought we would like in the beer. He brewed them. Oh my God. The coffee thing was intense. I mean, you talk about like sommeliers and cicerones and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He, he is that and more when it comes to coffee, he brewed the coffee, set a timer. It was like 18 minutes to the dot. The water had to be a certain temperature. He brought his own kettle just to make sure <laughs> it was the right temperature. And then when it came time to test or excuse me, tasting the coffee, he, he gave us all these special spoons, yeah. and you were to dunk your spoon in the water, then dunk it in the coffee, and then slurp it. And first of all, Will was like the master slurper. He, he did it. We, we, could, we only paled in comparison. We were, we were trying to, to recreate his slurping, but we were smelling the hops and sort of tasting the malts and tasting the coffee, and we, we decided on this Ethiopian coffee that went into it. So uh, short story long, he brewed it like a Kolsch, and then basically dry hopped, for lack of a better term, the coffee for uh, about a week or so, then crashed it and carbonated it. And good Lord, it is so, so good. It's called Morning Watch. They have a very nautical theme. It's 14 cans. It's based on a pirate ship. So Morning Watch is the name of the coffee. If you happen to be out in the area, please go try it and, uh, you know, tell them I sent you or something. <laughs> you won't get a discount, but at least they'll go, that's nice. Right, yeah. <laughs> they might charge you double, but it's still worth it. Um, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes along with the dot check lager recipe. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. I love um, I love random stories when you get to meet brewers and they're like, hey, come brew with us because um, my brother-in-law owns a bar and I was manning the bar one night and this girl comes in asking for kegs. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know. She said, oh, okay, well, I'm just hanging out here anyway. I was like, oh, you're with this brewery. Like, what do you do there? I was like, oh, I'm the assistant brewer. And I nerd out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is the hops in this one beer? Because I have to right. know. It's amazing. Freaking out. And <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's inappropriate to say she was a very cute girl. And my wife is at the bar just rolling her eyes at me because I'm just, like, nerding out. And she's meeting a guy on a date. 
and I totally third wheel the date. I'm like <laughs> totally interrupting, asking all of these beer questions. And my wife was like, just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. And then at the end of the night, she like gives me a card and says, shoot me an email. You're going to come brew with us. And nice. it, it was great. And I brewed with her and the, the head brewmaster. Um, but I apologized to her. She's like, oh, no, I'm so glad you're interrupting. That guy was a dud. Oh, he, good. That's way better than like a, a sister to sister. She was like, he didn't even have a Harry Potter house. I'm like, okay, nice to know where your standards are at. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is just be very nerdy when you meet those uh, head brewers and assistant brewers, and they'll be very lovely to you. Yeah. Can I ask you, uh, what was your favorite part of the brew day? Um, we. <laughs> So I've done a few a few of them. That one I ended up getting very, very drunk with the head brewer, and that was amazing. Sure, that's always good. Um, I don't know, actually. I think the... I love adding hops. Mm. Like, grains to me, like, depending on what you're making, because we were making a lager. So, again, it was uh, pretty much 90 to 100% Pilsner malt. Right. Um, so I'm like, all right, there's not really much going on with that. But like adding the hops and having him explain like what each of the additions is doing, what each hop is bringing to the table. And then um, he actually let me taste yeast like as they were harvesting the yeast from another tank. Oh. He was like, hey, taste this. So like those two things were like the most interesting part to me. I, I have to say that... I had no idea I would have so much fun doing this, but raking, <laughs> yeah, raking that spent grain out of the mash tun. Oh yeah, that's as good as like one of those Zen sand gardens. That was that was great. I just like no no no, I got this. Just <laughs> go go take a break. Go have a beer. I'm good. I'll be here for an hour. I I did a brew day at a place called Six and Forty Brewing. And um, it was great because it was a Saturday and they brought the whole crew in, like really made a show of it for me, which was wonderful. And um, but it got to like the graining out and they're all just standing around like laughing at me because like none of them want to do it. But they're like, right. oh, you're so excited. Yeah, go for it, fella. Yeah, I, that, that was me. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of nice. Nick's yeah. like, oh, you want to do free labor? Yeah, man, go for it. I was like, we'll do. I, mean, an hour. I work an office job and I just I'd forgotten what manual labor was like <laughs> the next day I was so sore oh I bet yeah it's uh it can be a lot but uh it was just it was so relaxing yeah so, so people are like what are what's wrong with you I don't know. <laughs> so many things so going from you know your the beer you're adding and the coffee Kolsch, what is the beer that you were like, I am never doing that again? Well, I think the the one I was talking about earlier, um, the, the all cashmere IPA, which <laughs> worst name in the world. <laughs> it was it was around that time that the, the girl did that video where it was like, Come on, cash me outside. Oh so god, I called it, yeah. Yeah, Bad I call Bobby. it cashmere. Yeah, cashmere outside. Um the the name was probably what jinxed the beer. So uh, I won't be doing that ever again. I, you know, it's funny. My IPAs are probably the least favorite of everything I brew. I really like my Czech Dark. Um, I really like my brown ale. Mm. It's a double nut brown. Really good. My IPAs are, are not that great. So I think the next time around when I do an IPA, I will probably start off by following someone else's recipe mm -hmm. and uh, not making that same mistake again. I mean, are you an IPA guy um, generally and just you're not finding what you want to get out of it? or 
I yeah. So first of all, I love IPAs. Uh, both West Coast and hazy, not chunky hazy. You know, like just a little bit of hazy. <laughs> but um, those those things straight out of Massachusetts that have like gray chunks in them, you can oh, send God. those back. Yeah. Anyways, but I'll, I'll take a nice. In fact, my favorite is a hazy pale because it's light and it's juicy. It's not that hazy. Anyways, I'm getting off on another subject. I, I love IPAs. The ones I make, um, they tend to just not hit the mark. I mean, obviously the cashmere one was was complete garbage, but um, there was one out here. The name is escaping me. That um, Sierra Nevada. I think it was called Resilience. That it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sierra Nevada put out the recipe for breweries to do and uh, donate the proceeds to um, fire victims. There's a bunch of fires in California. I mean, there always is, mm-hmm. but that was a particularly bad year. And they also had a homebrew version of it. And so like I did the homebrew version of it and it's probably the best IPA I made, but even that one, you know, maybe I didn't let the, the dance rest long enough or something. Uh, just my IPAs are never quite right. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's a, I'm gonna sound like I'm bragging, and I really don't mean it that way. But like, I don't know. If there's like a style of beer that I feel like I can't get right. There are styles I don't like to brew. Sure. But I think possibly the the one beer style I tried and I was disappointed, and I've never gone back to it. So maybe it's kind of an unfair thing to say. Was a New England IPA, and partly because it was like. Uh, like brown not like bright yellow and (laughs) the hops just weren't coming through and i think Mm. like yeah new england ipas because of all the late hop additions i can see where you get into that it's just not right yeah yeah i did a hazy once i don't want to call new england i want to call it hazy um and it was fine um it it wasn't gray, so I, I'm better than half the breweries <laughs> you, on the East Coast. You're better than me. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, you know, the, the, I spent a lot of money on hops for that one, uh-huh. and they really weren't shining through. And I think that I think that was the point. Like, it was a nearly $100 beer. Yeah. And... My, my cashmere one, my absolute garbage cashmere beer, yeah. was like $95. And to spend that amount and just be like, oh, it's not that great. Whereas the beer I'm drinking now cost me like 30 bucks. Right. And it's like that is the beer I always have on tap. Yeah, I mean, my favorite beer that I make besides this Czech Dark is um, a Kolsch. I yeah. mean, it's like $22 to make a five-gallon <laughs> Kolsch. It's so easy and so good. Perfect for summer. I mean, I think just as homebrewers, we, we just want to overcomplicate ourselves so badly. Yeah. And it's like, no, just, just go simple. Yeah, well, and as somebody who sort of fancies themselves a cook... Right, I refuse to follow recipes. It's a real shift to homebrew. It's like you need to follow some recipes. This is more like baking <laughs> than cooking. Like it, yeah. it matters. There's a reason they call it a science. Right. I mean, right. I'm not very scientific, but well, I do a lot of research on beers. Yeah, I I just drink a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we call it research. It makes oh, it sound is like it, is that yeah, how it we makes do it, it sound like you're not a drunk. It's great. <laughs> Over here doing some beer research. Well, speaking of beer research, then why don't we talk about what your perfect brew pub is? Because we are sitting in the mystical realm of the brew pub, and it is going to morph into whatever you want it to be. I, I have to admit, I've put far too much thought into this <laughs> because I wanted a good answer, and I don't have a good answer. So here's here's what I've come up with. I love food, so I want my brew pub 
to have some like like an amuse bouche, you know, like some some nice pairings of small plates with the good beers that are on tap. Mm-hmm. It's all about the food. I love pairing food and beer, food and wine too, but food and beer. Love pairing it, coming up with a good pairing, making the food better with the beer, vice versa. So I want it's, it sounds so snobby, but I want it's like sort of like an upscale uh, beer food pairing pub um, where the food is good, the beer is good. Of course, all the beer is, is you know, made by yours truly, and hopefully it doesn't suck like the IPAs I've made. Um, it's an IPA-free zone. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to import some IPAs from, from local beers, but, uh, you know, and just, just small plates that go with it. That just sounds like such a great evening to me. Yeah. I don't know. That's everyone else out there is like, okay, we're falling asleep now, old man. I just had an idea for it though. Like you could do a beer flight, right? But each beer has an amuse bouche attached to it. Yeah, I'm all for it. So it's like a flight of food and a flight like we need to do this. Yeah, I feel like whatever you order, you don't just order the beer or the food. It it comes together. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'll take the number one. Well, here's your beer and food, number one. Oh, that'd be brilliant. That sounds a little too McDonald's-y. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not do the number thing. It's a Royale with cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which nobody in the States knows what you're talking about. Um, and what and what would this uh, gastro brewery be called? I don't know. This was even... This is an even worse answer than, than the other answer. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to come up with, like... I try to get cute and, and work like Craft Beer Republic into the name a little bit, which honestly wouldn't be the worst name. It the really wouldn't. That's you a know, good, good name for a brewery. Yeah, we're a nation of, of beer lovers, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we could, we could get, like, real simple, like some of the fancy places, just, like, food and then the plus sign and beer or something like that. <laughs> or, I Yeah, I'm going to – for now, I'm going to say Craft Beer Republic. I'm going to hang my head in shame as I say that because it's not – a great name for a, a upscale food and beer <laughs> pub, but uh, I couldn't. I, this is why I don't own a business. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you want to go craft beer kingdom just to add that royal like. That's true. But then, like that, totally against goes against what a republic is. So I mean, yeah, I don't. Do I want people to like bow down to me? Do I want them to vote for me? I don't know. <laughs> I I would go with the bow down, but uh, my accent probably <laughs> betrays me on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone, come and join us here at Craft Beer Republic. Grab a dark check. And what food would go with the dark check lager? Oh, that's that's a tough one. Um, some delicious barbecue, like maybe like some pulled pork would go Ooh. really neat, like that smoky barbecue sauce. Because I don't like smoke in my beer, so no smoke in that check dark. But uh, a little bit smoky in the barbecue sauce, some pulled pork, and maybe like a like pickled onion on the side. Nice. Well, everyone, come down to Craft Beer Republic, grab the pulled pork, grab the dark check lager, mm-hmm. and let's just all have a wonderful time. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find the show? Where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. But uh, if you're looking for the show, craftbeerrepublic.com or Craft Beer Republic on the socials. If you want to follow me personally, Unfiltered Greg, all one word, no spaces, nothing like that. But, uh, yeah, I think craftbeerrepublic.com is, is the one-stop shop to find everything else, the show, the socials, all that good stuff. Awesome. And, again, we'll have that recipe and the links to uh, the collaboration episode as well as to your website in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast.
huge, huge thank you to Greg from Craft Beer Republic. Please go and check out that podcast. It is a really, really fun listen. As I said, all links to it are in the show notes along with the recipe. And of course, thank you so much for listening. If you could leave us a five-star review wherever it is you get your podcast, that'll just help other people find the show. If you want to reach out to us, possibly come on and share a pint with me. You can reach us at our website, thehomebrewpub.com, or email landlord at thehomebrewpub.com, or on social, at thehomebrewpub on Instagram and Twitter. And if, like me, you hate those annoying ads, well, we've got to keep the lights on here at the Homebrew Pub somehow. So consider joining our Patreon and becoming a Mug Club member. For $3 a month, you'll get access to ad-free versions of the episodes. But until then, grab your favorite pint, put your feet up, relax, don't worry, and have a homebrew. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.